Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Nichananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhaktavinna Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Nichananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhaktavinna Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, um, I wanted to uh, continue looking at some of the contributions of the uh, disciples of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And then today, at the, at the book of OBL Kapoor, who was also known as Adi Keshav Das, and a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who wrote a, philosoph- a book, The Philosophy and Religion of Sri Chaitanya, the philosophical background of the Hare Krishna movement. Um, this, this book is, uh, it, it sort of approaches the, the subject matter from a scholarly angle. Um, so it's referring to um, scholarly sources and entering into dialogue uh, with them more so uh, than uh, than just uh, quoting Shastra and Acharyas and so on. Um, there's an... Uh, in the first chapter, it describes uh, pre-Chaitanya Vaishnavism. Uh, like, it goes back uh, his opening words in that chapter are that the uh, um, Vaishnavism is at least as old as as the Rig Veda, and because there we find hymns dedicated to Lord Vishnu. So, all right, that is good to uh, to to present Vaishnavism. He shows Vaishnavism uh, as as gradually evolving how it was at the time Vishnu was was there, but Indra is more prominent in the Rig Veda, and then gradually uh, in, in later Vedic development, Vishnu comes more to the foreground. Yes, um, he also describes the, uh, uh, the four Vaishnava Sampradayas and uh, Pre-Chaitanya Vaishnavism in in Bengal. So we can have a quick look at that. Six. So So he says that there is uh, evidence to show that Vaishnavism in Bengal goes as far back as the 4th century. The first literary evidence is the the Gita Govinda of Jayadev, who flourished in the 12th century and enjoyed enjoyed the patronage of the Vaishnavite Sena kings. It has been suggested that the 24 songs of the Gita Govinda are the Sanskrit renderings by uh, Jayadev of the originals in uh, Aprabhamsa or Old Bengali, representing a tradition much earlier than Jayadev. This theory has not been convincing proof, but it is thought. Uh, there is fair ground for believing that the sensuous verses depicting the love of Radha and Krishna were part of the popular mass literature now lost. Uh, besides Jayadev, the lyrics of Vijapati, who lived sometime between 
1370-1460, and Chandidas had considerable influence in Bengal. The direct influence on Sri Chaitanya of the songs of Jayadev Vijapati and Chandidas is evident from the fact that it is depicted by his biographer as having great fondness for them. The fact that the followers of Sri Chaitanya draw profusely from the Gita Govinda and the songs of Vijapati to illustrate our Bhakti Rasa Shastra also shows how the emotional tendency depicted in the former resemble the emotional of the school. While thus the influence of Jayadev Vijapati Chandidas and Sri Chaitanya is obvious, it's not easy to determine the source from which they themselves have drawn. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah. Then, you know, um, a South Indian connection is always looked at, the connection with the Alwars. So in this way, he gives a standard uh, philosophical explanation. Uh, and we'll leave it as it is. Uh, he goes into the uh, early life of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, and, uh, and describes how uh, Sachi Mata uh, lost eight children, right? so there's quite a bit. The ninth, a boy, was named Vishwarup and left home to become a sannyasi and died um, at a young age. And uh, the elder son is, is, uh, is Vishwarup and uh, we have some information there on Vishwarup. Mm. Where was that? Anyway, we're reading through it now as we're reading and seeing different things. Uh, so something comes up about, uh, he says something that the Dik Vijay that uh, was defeated by Nimai in his use was the same as case of a butter of the Nimbarka Sampradaya. The name of the Dik Vijay, however, is not mentioned in any of the biographies of Sri Chaitanya. Uh, we, of course, see the explanation of, uh, of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and uh, established and we have spoken on it. Um, yeah, so here we have this. It, uh, it refers to Vishwarup. And it says, um, R.G. Bandarkar, Vaishnavism, page 83, identifies Nichananda with Nimai's elder brother Vishwarup. In Alfrecht Catalogorum, also Nichananda is mentioned as the elder brother of Sri Chaitanya. Dr. S.K. Day uh, thinks that the source of the mistake is the fact that Sri Chaitanya used to address him as an elder brother. But the source actually is the theological belief that both Nichanan and Visvarup are the manifestation of the spiritual principle known as Mahasangarsan, on account of which they're actually regarded as identical. Vrindavan thus describes Visvarup as Nietzsche Swarupere Abede Sarir, Chaitanya Bhagavat 7, verse 90. Three. Okay, so like he brings in uh, little technical points and, and highlights this. And um, in this way, it's a useful book for picking out many, uh, many details. Um, here, he says that uh, Gadadar was a student of Nyaya and was young and handsome and was intensely devoted to Nimai and ranked as the highest 
in the inner circle of his of his followers. So as Nehemiah was study, studying Nyaya, so was so was Kadadar. Uh, Haridas, he describes, was a Mohammedan convert to Vaishnavism. He was born at Budan in the district of Desot in 1464. His father, uh, Malaikazi, was a magistrate. He came to Navadvip when he was young and was considerably influenced by Advaita Acharya, who admitted him into the Vaishnava faith in spite of great opposition from the Vaishnavas. The Vaishnavas later reconciled themselves to him on account of his inimitable qualities of piety and devotion, strength of conviction, which enabled them to withstand severe persecution of the Mohammedans. So, uh, I don't know where these details come from. We do know that Budan is the birthplace of uh, of Haridas in the uh, in that district uh, of Jessor. Uh, 1464 as a birth year. I've not heard before. I did hear that it is estimated that he was approximately 35 years older than uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that uh, here it's 32 years then. His father, Malaikazi, was a magistrate, so that the father of Haridas Thakur is mentioned here as Malaikazi. Um, so I'm not sure about the course, the source of that. Uh, it could be from the Gaudiya Vaishnava Abhidhan, and one can check these things. And in the end, all right, I understand, O oh Vaishnavas, I understand, you don't really care. I know. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but that is not important. And what is more important is that Haridas is the pure devotee and that he chants 300,000 names. And that is true. Uh, that is more important. And, but it is also uh, useful to, to understand a little bit how it all happened. Like one big question that come, can come to mind in relationship to Haridas Thakur, uh, the question may be, who was his spiritual master? Uh, because ultimately, uh, although Guru Padas Raya, uh, Rupa Goswami writes and, and begins his, uh, his list of sadhana bhakti in the, uh, in the uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu with first take shelter of the lotus feet of a spiritual master. So that question is a big question. And then uh, so to understand a little bit more about the early life of Haridas Thakur may lead us to the point to understand how he became a Vaishnava, which is, uh, uh, is something that puzzles the mind. We know that he was a devotee as a young man. We know that uh, the prostitute came to tempt him when he was still a young man and very handsome and this and that, and that he was seated there in Bainapol. That we all know for a fact. So it is interesting to just uh, understand a little bit more. Sometimes Haridas is considered to be the disciple of Advaita Acharya, and we see that uh, that uh, Obiel Kapoor is not really saying that, but he's saying though that it was Haridas who was the one who uh, who, who changed him and made him into a devotee. Hmm. Yeah, um, then he speaks about the uh, the sannyas ceremony of Lord Chaitanya, and he highlights the point how actually Keshava Bharati did not initiate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but actually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu initiated him. Uh, because Kesava Bharati told him uh, that 
last night, just before the initiation, well, he told them, last night, I had a dream right, that, uh, and that we discussed, and that you told me the, uh, the, the mantra for initiation. Uh, and, and, and is that actually, uh, is that correct? And, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu confirmed that that was correct. So it was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who gave the mantra to Kesava Bharati. And in that sense, Kesava, although externally Kesava Bharati is acting as the guru of Krishna, it is actually Krishna who is the original, is Krishna Chaitanya who is the original guru. And it seemed that Kesava Bharati was initiating uh, Initiating uh, Nimai into the Mayavad Sampradaya, but actually Nimai uh, initiated Case of Abarti in the Vaishnava Sampradaya by this trick. See. Oh. Uh, well, he tells the story a little different than I just told. He said, according to the account given by Vrindavandas, the initiation itself was a formal affair. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu first whispered the mantra into the ears of Keshav Bharati and inquired if that was the mantra he wanted to give. Keshav Bharati confirmed the mantra and then formally whispered it into the ears of Sri Chaitanya, like that. The fact that Keshav Bharati did not add Bharati the name of the order to which he belonged after the name of Sri Chaitanya uh, also indicates that the initiation was formal. Hmm. Well, then you're speaking, then, then he brings up uh, Jagannath Puri and the conversion of. Uh, of Sri Chaitanya. He said, not more than a month after his initiation, Sri Chaitanya took leave of his heartbroken mother in Vaishnavas of Navadvip to go to live in Puri in Orissa. And then four of his disciples, Nichananda, Damodar, Pandit, Jagadana, and Mukunda, accompanied him to Puri. And an important, and, and uh, then we get to meeting uh, with Vasudev, Sarvabhoma, Bhattacharya. Mm. Uh, a veteran scholar of Nyaya and Vedanta. And he raises the point, Vasudev had founded the dialectical school of Navanyaya at Navadvip. I shared that information with you. Uh, um, to which scholars were drawn from all over India, which had eclipsed the Mithila school, the most important center of learning in Northern India at that time. Um, I, I mentioned to you that Mithila had developed that philosophy of Navanyaya, that Mithila was, uh, was in that way able to defeat Buddhism because the original Nyaya was a problem when confronted with Buddhism. So Navanyaya was able to stand up against Buddhist logic. And then Vasudev Sarvabhoma, no one was allowed to write it down, but Vasudev Sarvabhoma went there memorized everything and then improved upon it and then Navadvi became the biggest uh, uh, the biggest place mm. so according to uh, to uh, to Obiyal Kapoor he said that uh, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya was about 80 years old when Sri Chaitanya arrived at Puri. So that's a good point because I asked the question the other day. Uh, and the question was that why, when I spoke about Puri and Vrindavan and Mayapur, and I explained that Vrindavan and Vrindavan and Mayapur were more the uh, places where the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was clearly manifest. And in Vrindavan, 
the uh, the teachings of the philosophy and in in Bengal, uh, Kirtan spreading everywhere, and then in Puri, this was more the internal life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, I raised one question: Why was it that Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya did not uh, produce a lot of literature? Um, after he had become a Vaishnava, since he was such a scholar, that would have been amazing. I mean, he could. But the fact that uh, that he would be would have been eighty years old, uh, that that um, is a good, interesting point uh, that could explain why he didn't produce so much literature anymore. And in this way. Uh, all these little pieces of the puzzle make sense because uh, somehow by by Lord Chaitanya's arrangement uh, Puri is more confidential Puri is 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 more the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes into his internal leaders and in Puri then uh, for six years, the devotees come, but he spends eight years, eighteen years, in uh, in seclusion with a few devotees and having these very uh, private, intimate uh, pastimes. Uh huh. So then uh, Lord Chaitanya starts this long pilgrimage in South India, and uh, it said his visit. His visit to the south created a deep and lasting impression on the minds of the people. The stream, which is something that um, um, is 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 we're looking at today, because uh, we're looking at that. There's not a lot there, not a lot of remnants left of Chaitanya Vaishnavism. Vaishnavism. We see Ramanuja has left a, a strong presence. We see uh, Madhvaracharya, um, Sankaracharya, but we don't see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, left a, a huge hub of Vaishnavas in the south or, or anything. Now, I had offered uh, one explanation that there was no there were no temples, no no mat, no organization, no books, no initiation. So there was nothing to hold on to, and that that was the reason. Um, uh, then Obi Al Kapoor gets into uh, the nature of Vaishnavism and Bhakti in the South. The stream of devotion, which had flown freely in that part of the country in the days of the Tamil Alwars, which had dried up through passes of time was revived. This was visible in the form of a sudden outburst of devotional songs in Canaries and Marathi. The Marat, Maratha Saint Tukaram and the author of numerous devotional songs acknowledges the death of the teachers of the order uh, even a hundred years later. Okay. Um, where is that? Mm hmm Yeah. So, I don't, don't know about this acknowledgement. I would have to look for it. Uh, you know, we, we have heard Tukaram, uh, let's let's quickly uh, type in Tukaram in in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. One second. Um, as you can see, today I'm more like 
exploring, then really lecturing. Uh, and I'm again back at, at background information. Uh, uh, but it is important uh, because in the end, it will create a much more complete picture. And in the end, uh, we'll find how we look at, at Lord Chaitanya's movement with renewed eyes. So it takes some patience to fill in all this, uh, uh, all this information, but it is actually good. Um, to Karam. Mm -hmm. From there, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Pandapur when he happily saw the temple of, uh, of Vital Thakur purport. Uh, this is in uh, Madhi Lila 9, uh, Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's travels to the holy places. The city of Pandapur is situated on the river Bhima. It is said that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu initiated Tukaram when he visited Pandapur and thus Tukaram became his disciple. Tukaram Acharya became very famous in the Maharashtra province, and he spread the Sankirtan movement all over the province. The Sankirtan party belonging to Tukaram is still very popular in Bombay and throughout the provinces of Maharashtra. Tukaram's book is known as Abanga. His Sankirtan party uh, exactly resembles the Gaudiya Vaishnav Sankirtan parties, for they chant the holy name, of the Lord with Madangi and Kartos. The Lord, Vital Dev mentioned in the first, in, in this verse, is a form of Lord Vishnu with two hands. Mm. Okay, so we, uh, we take this information, which uh, most likely comes from, uh, from uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, Thakur, because a lot of the technical points in the purports of the Chaitanya Charitamrita are coming from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, from his Anubhasya commentary. Um, but there's not really any reference to any, any confirmation of that relationship by Tukaram. Uh, now that we are kind of researching, uh, okay, let me just do a real quickie. And that is go to the Chaitanya Bhagavad. Right, oh, that's the wrong one. Here is, and now close and now type here to Quran. To Quran. No, no to Quran. Okay, so you see, I tried to look, but there's nothing mentioned in the Gaudiya Bhasya, that means the commentary Chaitanya Bhagavad, and what we find in Anubhasya is a little vague. So it, uh, it doesn't go any further. But you can see, uh, and he refers to some, some English scholar, Nelson Fraser, but that would not really be uh, relevant to us. Uh, Uh-huh. Bhatta was the father of Gopa Bhatta and one of the six Swamis who propagated the teachings of Sri Chaitanya and Prabodhana as the author of Chaitanya Chandrodaya. No, that's a mistake. Chandro Chandramrita, Chaitanya Chandramrita. Mm -hmm. So he writes about uh, the places that uh, Lord Chaitanya uh, visited uh, and uh, somewhere I have a note where Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is saying that the, um, the, the chronology in the Chaitanya Charitamrita is not really uh, complete and, and therefore geographically it doesn't add up but he referred to another book which gives a more detailed description of, uh, of that Parikrama through the South. There's also uh, a book available in ISKCON now 
uh, of Lord Chaitanya's pilgrimage in the south, and it shows uh, something about that holy places. Anyway, I, I am still looking for that book that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta referred to. Um, for Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, that pilgrimage of the south was, was most important. Um, and you may recall that I mentioned that he installed padas in these places to establish uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And yeah, looking at the concept of tadiya, and everything uh, in relations with the, in, with the Lord is invested with the transcendental power of the Lord. So all these places um, are uh, all the places related to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are invested with the power of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, should be reclaimed for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, to um, establish the historicity, to more and more establish Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as, uh, as an historical person as, uh, and, uh, and to, to increase the, the, the glorification and the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, yes, it is uh, still an agenda to uh, highlight more of the places that have been uh, uh, visited by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and um, to establish padas there, as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta did, as Lokanath Maharaj followed in his footsteps, is a very good thing and we should uh, complete it. We should just try and complete the entire Parikrama. Um, um. So it said in the year fifteen fourteen. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started on a pilgrimage to Vrindavan about five years before. Uh, at the time of his sannyas, he had dispatched Lokanath Acharya, one of his principal desires, with the object of reclaiming the holy city, which has no, long been neglected and lost. Um, and, and Lokanath uh, had started that uh, that mission and of course um, was accompanied by Bhugarbha Goswami. Uh, Bhugarbha Goswami is such an interesting person because it is said that when the Radha Govinda temple was built that there was a basement um, and under the deities and that Bhugarbha Goswami would go in there and sit there and chant and then Bhugarbha it literally means one who resides within the womb of the earth. So it's all, it, it seems to indicate that he got the name from that particular, uh, uh, well, from that particular pastime of chanting there. And uh, what kind of personalities uh, these, these devotees were. They were so filled, so filled with transcendental Krishna Prem. Um, Mm -hmm. So, he does quite a, quite an extensive uh, description of uh, of Lord Chaitanya's travels and so on, and. Uh, He, he points that there are um, Dr. Das, Das, maybe Das Gupta, uh, concludes from sources in Assamese literature that before returning to Puri, Sri Chaitanya paid a visit to Assam, where at the foot of the Manikuta hill, he met his beloved disciple Damodar and lived for some time in a, in a cave known as Chaitanya Gufa. All right, so uh, 
it's uh, in in this way we can uh, can can see uh, yeah Assam is is just neighboring Bengal so it certainly is possible that he uh, he might have gone there he started for so so the first time he didn't make it to Vindavan then he started again for Vindavan in the autumn of 1515 this this time he took with him only Balabhadra Bhattacharya and one other attendant followed a different route through the forest of Jarikanda to avoid being noticed by people uh, so then they get the whole Jarikanda experience and so on mm. Yeah, then he begins to describe the ecstasy that he had in Vindavan and the Astasatvika Bhavas that he experienced in Vindavan. And um, uh, so, so, so Obi Kapoor writes a quick overview and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, and then they bring up the uh, the meeting with. Uh, Prakashan on the Saraswati, and he says in a footnote, some scholars doubt even the story of Prakashananda on the ground that Murari Gupta, Kavi Karnapur, and Vindavan Das are all silent on the point. It's obvious that this negative inf- evidence by itself does not prove that the story is false and fabricated, but it has no meaning at all, at least insofar as Vindavan Das and Kavi Karnapur are concerned, since they do not give an account of Sichitanya's journey to the West to which the story relates. As regards Murari Gupta, it would not be fair to say that he's completely silent on the point. On the other hand, he says that Mahaprabhu blessed with Krishna Bhakti all the inhabitants of Varanasi, which cannot be inter- interpreted to mean all the inhabitants of Varanasi except Prakasananda. Besides, there is no reason to disbelieve the account of Krishna's Kaviraj, whose informants are Sanatana and Raghunath Bhatta, the eyewitnesses of the whole episode of Varanasi. Hmm. Yes, like, you know, the son of Tapan Misra, we discussed this Raghunath Bhatta, so, uh, in this way. Uh, yeah, so the biographers all agree that he passed away in Saka 1455 plus 78 years makes um, 1533. But according to Dr. D.C. Sen, he passed away in the months of Asada, July 1533, which cannot be correct. For Krishna says that Sri Chaitanya lived 48 years, 24 years of and 24 years of sannyasi, which means that he could not have passed away before uh, 1534 AD. Okay, but I'm not sure about that. You know, you may think that now I'm getting into really nitpicking, but maybe that's what I'm doing today. Right? I'm, I'm sort of looking at his date and I wanted to share something that in India, and Prabhupada also followed this, and in India, the day of count, uh, the the way of counting age is different than in the West. Uh, when we are counting uh, in the West, we say from zero to one. When the first year is completed, that would be uh, then a person would have his first birthday, and from there on, he would be one year old. Right um, now. And before we measure in months, then 
from the from the year from the first year to the second year when the second year is completed then we would call the person two but in the uh, in the indian uh, society it's like when the person is in his first year that is from zero up to the first birthday he is one and when a person is from one up to the second year he is two so in this way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could have left in 5033 and be considered 48 years old being in his 48th year which he not necessarily had completed mm. Uh, anyway, but he makes a case for February th 1534. So this is confirmed by an agout given by Naraharish Chakravarti in his Bhakti. Radnagabhi states that Srinivasa Acharya started for Puri on the fifth lunar day in the month of Mark and learned about the passing away of Sri Chaitanya on the way. This suggests that Sri Chaitanya passed away in the month of Mark, February. And then we can see how the scholars are trying to uh, ascertain uh, a date, uh, a date of the departure uh, or of the birth or of pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, by looking at, at supportive evidence for different views. And again, what does a bhakta care? Uh, the Bhakta is simply chanting Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Sri Adaita Gadadar Sri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare But then again, uh, you know, if we if we get the date clear, then we can also see that, that uh, then it could mean that one person met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or not, like that. It, it has significance. And uh, because... Uh, so, these details, they can, um, can show us that, well, the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, uh, according to Obiyal Kapoor, uh, at least extended uh, for another seven or eight months um, that he, Lord was on the planet. That is not nothing. Hmm. So he's very much into, into this, into reconstructing the chronology of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, which is... Um, is interesting and I think one should take the book and, and take all the notes on the chronology and construct it in a, in a, in a list and uh, and then uh, we can uh, yeah we can take the chronology from other sources compare it all and uh, it is nice if we can lay out the whole life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and this year it is in 15 uh, he appeared in 1486, in 1510 he took sannyas, in 1513 uh, he came to Ramakali, in 1514 he tried to go to Vrindavan, uh, in, uh, but that would put him at 1514 in Ramakali. In 1515 he, made, he went again to Vrindavan. So like this one can, can look at all these, uh, all these things. And in the end, um, we get a picture of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life. Mm, I'll, I'll, uh, so then he speaks about the uh, Sampradaya of Sri Chaitanya, and he gets into the affiliation with, uh, with Madhva. Well, that is an important topic um, because that gives us authority. Um, because remember, 
Remember the uh, the Padma Purana verse that describes that in Kali Yuga there are four uh, bona fide sampradayas. And so uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who uh, who is uh, his sampradaya is not mentioned as like a bona fide sampradaya coming up. So therefore, uh, he has to be within one of the four bona fide sampradayas. We see the same with uh, uh, with other groups. Um, Vallabharacharya is also um, making his connection with Vishnu Swami, uh, with the Rudra Sampadaya in this way, um, in this medieval, in, in, in the bhakti that comes up in, 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 in the middle, in medieval Bengal and Vindavan, everyone is, 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 is looking for that connection. So now let us see what Obiel Kapoor has to say about that connection. The question regarding the Sampradaya or the religious sect to which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to, to which Sri Chaitanya belongs is controversial. Most of his followers link him with Madhvacharya. Others think that he started a new sect of his own. We may state at the outset that so far as doctrinal matters are concerned, there's no affiliation between Sri Chaitanya and Madhva. In some respect, Madhva is even opposed to Sri Chaitanya. The following are some of the important points of difference. Madhva is an advocate of Dwaita or dualism, where Vasichitanya is an advocate of Chintya Beda, Beda or inconceivable identity in, in difference or one and different. Uh, B. According to Madhva, the ultimate object of worship is Narayan. Well, according to Sichitanya, the ultimate object of worship is Sri Krishna, Narayan being only a partial manifestation of Krishna. C. According to Madhva, Devotion consists in dedication to Krishna, of actions performed in accordance with Varnashram Dharma. Uh, while according to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it consists in renunciation of Varnashram Dharma for the sake of Sudha Bhakti. D. The end, according to Madhva, is the attainment of five kinds of mukti in Vaikuntha. According to Sri Chaitanya, it is the loving service of Sri Krishna. E. According to Sri Chaitanya, the gopikas of Vrindavan are not ordinary. Jivas, but the manifestation of the Sharup Swakti of Krishna, eternally engaged in a service which is selfless and lustless. According to Madhva, there are agents of Swarga, Apsarasti, who worship Krishna with the object of satisfying their lust. F. According to Madhva, the highest order in the order of devotees of Krishna is Brahma, while according to Sri Chaitanya, the Gopikas of Raja rank the highest, and even Brahma covets the dust of their holy feet. Madhva's descriptions of the Gopikas as Apsarastri has been strongly criticized by Sri Sanatan and Sri Jiva. Mm. Sri Chaitanya himself regarded his doctrine as distinct from that of Madhva. This is evident from his dialogue with the Acharya of Madhva Sampradaya in the Chaitanya Charter, written in which he calls the Sampradaya Madhva as your Sampradaya. Mm. In Chaitanya Daya, he calls the uh, Vaishnavas of the Madhva school as the Tattvavadin Vaishnavas of the South, the worshippers of Narayan, and describes their doctrine as defective, while he describes the doctrine of Ramananda as Rutitama. Uh, Sarvabhoma says in reply to this, no, no, my lord, Ramananda Roy has accepted your, your doctrine. He does not have any doctrine of his own. Our own doctrine, which has been accepted by many people, and is supported by all the Shastras, is the best. This proves not only that Sri Chaitanya's doctrine is distinct, but that he himself is its founder. Okay. Um, he makes a whole case on this. Now, uh, we have already uh, gone through uh, an exercise in looking at... Uh, at, uh, at Baladev Vijabhusan, establishing that the nine Prameyas, the nine Prameyas uh, of, 
of, uh, of Madhva are in principle upheld by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That is Baladev's case. Now, in detail, yes, uh, yes, there are some. Uh, one is focusing on Narayan, the other one is focusing on Krishna. Mm. Although we also see Krishna is worshipped in Udupi, Udupi Krishna in, in the headquarters of Madhva, but then Krishna as a manifestation of Narayan. So, how to see this, you know, these, uh, the apparent differences that uh, Obi Al Kapoor has raised uh, and that are also uh, mentioned by uh, by Baladev Ichibusa, that there are differences. Um, we see it that uh, Madhva Acharya in his eternal identity is known as as Vayu, as an incarnation of Vayu, whereas Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. And in some cases when uh, Madhva Acharya, uh, who's saying, who is downplaying the eternal concert of the Lord, who's saying Lakshmi is Jiva, who has made the the gopis, apsaras, or girls from the heavenly planets. Uh, so Madhva does not, does not highlight the eternal concert of the Lord. And he also doesn't get, uh, therefore, into the, uh, very much into rasa tattva. Whereas Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is especially highlighting rasa tattva. So, we see that Bhaktivinoda Thakur, when he is addressing uh, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he basically takes, expresses that in Dasamula, in ten root principles, which, and nine of them are corresponding with the uh, uh, nine Prameyas, and, but he streamlined them a little, like Narayan, um, where, where, uh, Madhva says that the ultimate object of worship is, is the ultimate deity is Narayan and then is, is, is Krishna, the same, same Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, uh, and in this way, we see how there is that link. And then Bhaktivinoda Thakur adds a tenth, a tenth point, which is Rasa Tattva. So this Rasa Tattva was not touched by Madhva very much. And I think that this was on purpose because he knew that ultimately this only the Supreme Personality of Godhead can reveal in full. Um, I could only really reveal part, but Krishna, he can reveal in full. So he left that for Krishna. So, um, here I, I beg to differ with Obi Al Kapoor as to that there is no connection with, with Madhva. There is a connection with Madhva, and there is also, uh, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is taking it a level up because he's Krishna. So we see the line of the Sampradaya is just coming down and then and establishes the Supreme Personality of Godhead and then at, at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu it just takes it a little up. So there is no doubt that although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming in the line of, of Madhva and is representing uh, and has absorbed the same teachings of Madhva is representing them uh, he at the same time is is uh, is taking that understanding to a higher level, and of course uh, these differences, yes, Dwaita uh, versus Achinchabedebede Tattva, these differences do exist, uh, and I said therefore, yes, uh, therefore in one sense. Uh, 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not a founder of a new Sampradaya, but he is uh, expanding on the Madhva Sampradaya. And of course, we also learned that he had taken uh, two things from each Sampradaya that was mentioned in the uh, Navadvipdam Mahatmya. So, by knowing these details, uh, we can defend our, uh, we can defend the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as, as authorized and as, as thoroughly rooted in scripture in thoroughly connected. So, we upheld, uphold the, um, the, the connection with, with the Matva Sampadaya. Mm. All right, I spent, uh, I spent a lecture sort of uh, going over some of the points and um, entering into a discussion um, of, of technical details. Um, you may have missed the, uh, the ecstasy. You may have missed the uh, um, just relishing the, uh, uh, the, the descriptions of, of the love bursting forth from the heart. And rather, uh, you may have found this a little dry of like looking just at uh, at dates and uh, looking at uh, how how the philosophy of Mahaprabhu and and uh, and Madhva are different and in other ways how what they have in common. Um, but again, um, for the sake of completeness and for the sake of ourselves um, finding a strong identity as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, obviously this Madhva connection is is essential. And to understand uh, the history uh, of, of, of the worship of the Supreme Lord is also essential. Um, and we may see, uh, see the general, the scholarly approach, the Western scholarly approach is very, very expert in, uh, in ascertaining details on, on, uh, on uh, historical points because they spend so much energy onto it. So there's a lot of uh, detailed information there. The thing about the academic approach is that it is an ascending approach that we are uh, little by little trying to um, collect pieces of the puzzle and then figure it out. Whereas the, um, the, um, the practicing Vaishnava approach is more going by the descending approach uh, of of what uh, but then we also go by by the testimonies of the of acharyas uh, and we see that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is is delving into this history and sort of turning it over and looking at it and um, so when we look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, I mentioned before, he is still within the realm of, of history because only 500 years ago. So we should know, we should know that history and be able to represent it in our, uh, in presenting Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So these lectures are not only for us to, uh, to relish uh, some far out pastimes and descriptions about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu while we're sitting in lockdown in our houses. But these, these 
lectures are also meant to um, give us proper ammunition to uh, to defend uh, the position of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his movement. Um, I was just sampling today from this book of Obiel Kapoor. I will not finish the uh, the uh, discussing the book in uh, in various lectures. Um, I have sampled it. I think it is a valuable contribution and it is worth uh, looking at the details and see uh, what is relevant in understanding the, the background of the Chaitanya Charitamrita for a practicing Vaishnava. Uh, and uh, after all, uh, we are approaching Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as practicing Vaishnavas. And the book that I will write will ultimately be a book written from the perspective of a practicing Vaishnava. But also, uh, yeah, but also in, uh, also aware of what, what scholars have said and being able to uh, defend our position to the world right, of what actually Chaitanya Vaishnavism is. So remember, while we're sitting here in our rooms in lockdown, we are preparing for a dialogue with the world. And my lectures are certainly also preparing for dialogue with the world. Hare Krishna.